This is Radio Free Cybertron with your host, Brian Kilby, featuring Chris, Don, Rob, Diecast, John, and Melvar. This is Radio Free Cybertron, episode 838. I'm XV, filling in for Brian, who hopefully is having a very nice uh, anniversary dinner with his family tonight. Happy 15th anniversary to the Kilbys. Um, we have a special guest in the studio tonight, filling in for Brian, sort of, at least, you know, taking the empty seat. We have John DeLuna with us for the first time in, what, like 10 years? Uh, oh, at least 25 years. Yeah, least. I mean, it, just, it feels like forever, John. I'm really glad to have you here this week, though. Oh, thanks. Yeah, and, uh, you know, with Brian out, there was there's a void that can never be filled in our hearts, but I'll do my best tonight to, uh, to come back uh, one night only. Uh, and then let's see how it goes. So I'm really happy to be here. Hey, guys. Now, you know, you are obligated to buy something during the show if you're actually like, you know, filling in for Kilby. Oh, is that part of the deal? Yeah. Yeah. If, okay. you, if you look, if you look on page three of the contract in the Klingon text, we always, well, we always uh, hide the good stuff in the Klingon text. Maybe, uh, you know, instead of buying some like rare $800 uh, Japanese transformer, I might find like a pack of batteries on Amazon. So that <laughs> technically fulfills the contract. TFRadio.net slash Amazon for all your battery needs. Hey. <laughs> um, also here we have Rob Clay. Hello. Matt, a.k.a. Melvar. Hello. Headmaster Don. Hello. And streaming for us, as is his custom when Brian's not here, we have Diecast. Hey, everybody. Diecast gets it a little bit easy when Brian's not here, because like, when Brian is here, Brian hosts and produces the show all at the same time. Like He does everything. We just have to sit here and talk. Um, when Brian's not here, I sit here and do all the talking, and Diecast just gets to sit there and quietly produce. Like it, I think Brian somehow was able to do the work of two of us at the same time, and I just can't wrap my head around that, but like I feel like it goes a little easier for me and Diecast when we can like split that load. Given that Definitely. I'm doing the backup recording, it might you might say three people. Yep. Yeah. 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 We, like we just we have to spread all this out when Brian's not here to like shoulder most of the burden for us every week. It's it's kind of amazing. I don't know how Brian does what he does. Like he just never stops. I know the caffeine's a big part of it, but like there's just something about the way he's wired that just does not make any sense to me. It still doesn't make any sense to me. I've known them for, you know, over 20 years, because that's how long RFC's been on. RFC is the original toy and, like, you know, general geek nerdery podcast on the internet. Since 1999, before a podcast was even a word, it's um, staggering is a word for how long we've been around and how far back our archive goes. You can find all of our, uh, you know, back catalog of show at tfradio.net. We even have, you know, spinoff podcasts that sadly are a little defunct at this point, but there's a ton of stuff at tfradio.net for a variety of topics, and, like, go check that stuff out. Like, there's some genuinely cool stuff in there, and then there's also, like, you know, Fanboy Versus. And New Soundwave. Oh, New Soundwave was great. No, I mentioned Fanboy Versus <laughs> specifically because um, this episode is um, our annual J.D. Church Memorial Podcast. Uh, J.D. Church was one of the original hosts of the reboot of RFC, which uh, started back in 2009. Unfortunately, uh, JD passed away in early 2014. And um, I don't know about the rest of you. I imagine it's, the, it's also the case, but like there's hardly a day that goes by that at some point or another, I don't think of JD still like, you know, someone will say something like, yeah, that, that just makes me think of JD or I'll see something like JD would have loved the hell out of that. Like they're just JD became such a presence in our lives and 
most of us only met him once or maybe twice. Like, we did not get to know JD in person near as much as we would have liked to. Um, you know, I think uh, at least a couple of us here maybe never met him at all. Which, I never like, got the chance to meet him in person. Yeah, only, me either. Only a very few uh, um, shows that we were on together. Yeah. <sighs> like, yeah, he was great. He uh, spent, uh, what was it, one night or two nights at uh, my apartment back in the the glory days of conventions and yeah super yeah fun. For, um for botcon 2012 yeah and uh yeah super fun nice guy and uh i certainly every time the show co- uh, gets posted every week i think of jd uh at least so at least once a week i think of mm-hmm. him because he, he became such a part of the of the show in that in that incarnation of it and uh yeah i mean it's just a it's, you know it's a shame that we lost him so soon but um when we did have him uh, it was always just fun and we were laughing and he'd always have something you know funny to say or a story every week. So uh, we have those memories and, um, you know, um, that's definitely worth something. But wish he was here. Shout out to JD, uh, wherever you are. But um, yeah, it's great to it's great to always stop for a second every year, uh, at least, and acknowledge him and remember him. And like I said, for me personally, every time the show goes up, uh, I mean, I think a little thought. And even in the very few interactions I had with him, he definitely left an impression. And it's heartbreaking that we lost him so early at yeah, such absolutely. a young age. The the one I say this every year, but the one memory with JD that always sticks out to me uh, was when Chris McFeely was on, and he and Chris did a complete synopsis of Themyscira High which would have been Wonder Woman on the CW, like Smallville. <laughs> and they just kept feeding off of each other. And it was this incredible just, it's like I can see it unfolding in my head. And they just, it was this incredible, we, and I was just about to fall the chair laughing. It was just, <laughs> just absolutely one of the most hysterical things. And he, and him and Gavin, you know, he would always break out into the, Gavin's theme song. Uh, well, well, his interpretation <laughs> of the, of yeah. the Gavin theme song. Yeah, yeah, so like that's one of my favorite like cumulative memories of JD that I functionally stole him from RFC and Fanboy Versus to come and be on my uh, Tokusatsu themed podcast at the time, and like my show was so much the better for it too because like JD, like to Don's point about the Themyscira High thing, JD just had this gift to be able to fill the air with like coherent cognizant conversation about just any kind of subject you put to him like he would talk and he would talk for as long as he needed to talk and then you know he would take a pause so that other people could then you know talk also like he didn't ever dominate a show he was on but like there was always going to be activity on any podcast he was on because jd would not allow dead air to be a thing like he was amazing (laughs) in being able to do that and just like spawn forth ideas too you say he didn't dominate the shows he was on but the, he had the ability to dominate some of the shows he was on when i he will, wanted to yeah <laughs> like not even trying to it was he was just that kind of guy i will forever remember his synopsis of go ranger the first episode <laughs> of go ranger on superhero time that was an experience to listen to the, the thing that i always remember uh, about jd is that yeah he could you know, when he, like I said, when he wanted to, he could dominate a conversation as two different stripes of 
nerd. We occasionally crawled up each other's backs, I think. <laughs> but he would always, always have me laughing in the same episode, regardless. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's just, you know. <sighs> I mean, there's, there's, there's maybe dominating is not the right word for this, but like there's, there's dominating and then there's like not letting anybody else have a chance. Like JD was respectful of all of his other co-hosts oh, yeah. being able to participate with the show. JD could totally like, take the lead position on anything he wanted to you know get involved in if he wanted to but he was never in such he would never do it in such a way that like you couldn't air your opinions and like actually have a conversation with him yeah, yeah. i've i've been on a podcast with and it's with people that was the opposite of that and I, and, we've all listened to podcasts like that yeah too. like you might be yeah. listening to one right now because i'm doing that <laughs> but yeah jd and jd was just he saw the world so differently and then when he brought up is like yeah i can see that you know yeah Yeah. jd has a special place in my heart and like that will never be filled no one can ever take that place there's friends i've made in the meantime like since his passing where it's like oh he would have loved jd if they could have ever met or you know interacted online and it's just like Mm -hmm. it makes me so sad that can never happen because like they would have got such a kick out of each other (sighs) but yeah um, I don't want to belabor this too long, but like, I'm I'm glad that we get to you know have a special moment every year to share our memories of JD, and I wish he was still here with us. And JD, wherever you are, if you can hear us, man, I love you. I miss you. I wish you were here. All right, <sighs> into um, plus heavy serious topics. Um, toy nerdery. So we have some new stock photos of Beast Wars versus Zero Five Rat Trap versus Pterosaur. Uh, this is, of course, uh, further repaint of the Kingdom toys uh, for Takara's, you know, milk everything for every last cent they can get out of it uh, subline. I, I'm dismayed that uh, Pterosaur still has those odd black parts that I can't figure out the origin of. Um, if some of you might remember way, way back at this point with uh, Takara Tomy's Legends line, when Cup was first solicited in that, there was a lot of wrong plastic colors on that, and then with subsequent stock photos, um, the colors got corrected to what the toy actually was. I was hoping that would be the case here, but it doesn't seem to be so. So I think, like, I think it's a nylon sprue where that black is coming from. I just don't know what they were going for that, like, made that necessary in one part of the toy that everything else had to come with it, like the hands and the ankles. It it is really like breaking my brain trying to figure out what the motivation for that was. I don't, I don't understand it myself. No, I mean, there, there is still a tiny smidge of hope in that they do all have the, you know, coloring may be different on final product warning at the bottom, but still. Yeah. Um, the other thing we're seeing for the first time here is that rat trap has little whiskers painted on. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, that's nice. He's otherwise, uh, kind of dull. He's not, he doesn't come across as wrong. Like pterosaur, but he's uh-huh. there's nothing to write home about with Rat Trap, but that is a nice touch. Yeah, I mean, Rat Trap was basically right when it came out in Kingdom the first time. Like, there was tweaks that could be done to it to make it a little bit more accurate, but like for what was there to work with, they kind of had it the first time around. And when the Netflix one was done, like they were basically just making lateral moves at that point already. Like there wasn't a lot of meat to work with here, and it seems like the most they could do was paint whiskers on it because. Now they have the paint budget for that. Again, this is great if someone was not able to get the Golden Disc Pterosaur. And like the, the buzzworthy toy accurate one 
might not be to everyone's taste. I didn't even really care for it in actual practice. Um, but like, yeah, this set is this set is like niche among niche. I think for the the interest overlap here. Yeah, and I've said this before. Every time we brought this up, I'm glad this set exists. I'm glad they're doing it together because this means everything is set up for Fractal and Pack Rat. That's yeah, what, and I hope that happens. That's what I am willing to respend the money for on those two molds. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like that's going to happen this year, potentially, because um, on that uh, last Hasbro stream, they said Antagony was our last select reveal for the year. Well, um, my guess is when, by the time Ratchet and Braun come out, next year we're going to have another Death on the Shuttle set. So my guess is it'll be coming out. hope. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm guessing it'll be around that time because we're getting all these box sets kind of hitting very relatively close together. Yeah, maybe. so so my guess is they'll be uh, doing that uh, that that set in conjunction with the Death on the Shuttle Part Two. Yeah, possibly so. Um, it's also possible like Fractal and Packrat may end up in like an Amazon capsule down the road too. Like there's there's different places that could come out. As long as it's I hope not it does. Walmart, so we have a chance of actually getting it. I don't think it'd be Walmart because like if it was a deluxe and a core class and a two pack together, that would be like an unusual price point situation, I think. So that would be something that Amazon would be able to do more easily than Walmart, where it's kind of gotta fit into a you know, a space on a shelf. So I'm I'm kind of interested uh, for this next story, both for Matt and Don's perspectives on it. So we have um, what's probably a genuine uh, solicitation for Masterpiece Yellow Trailbreaker and Toy Colors MP44. So what I like about this is it appears that they use parts from both Trailbreaker and Hoist to make it as toy accurate as possible. Mm-hmm. I am all for that. Okay, well, what don't you like about it? I didn't say there was anything I don't like about it. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, admittedly, that's my mistake for interpreting your framing of it in that way. Uh, what do you think about Toy Colors MP44? Yawn. Well, there you go. That that satisfies me. Don? <laughs> well, I am not the die clone person that Matt is. I have a few figures. I've bought some of the, the mainline die clone repaints just because they're good molds and good colors. I did by burnout because of Matt, yours recommendations on the colors. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I'll be honest. I have the, uh, from a couple of years ago at T- from TFCon, they did their Trailbreaker in those yellow colors. And like you said, Chris, I do like the way the hoist, I, I like the way M-Piece hoist looks. But I have a good hoist with the uh, X trans bots, so okay, I'm waiting. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for that hoist in a die clone, so I can have the hoist mold in a color I don't have because I've already got a yellow representation. What if they do this trailbreaker in blue? Hmm. The problem is I don't like that Takara trailbreaker. There's too much hoist in that trailbreaker, and I unless they use unless this die clone mix match looks better than the trailblaker trailbreaker i don't know it, it's just it, it would have to look right which is not which is doesn't say a lot i know well this does look right because it looks like a toy <laughs> which is what it's going for right right again but again i'm not the diaclone person that a lot of people like these homages it doesn't really m- mean that much to me unless and yet i speak to you anyway <laughs> well we all do 
I mean, if, okay, so if they're going for this much already, like, it doesn't feel that far out of, uh, out of the realm of possibility that, like, a little later on we're going to see a lift ticket that's just a straight hoist recolor. Oh, absolutely. I think the Optimus Prime is great, though, because he was super expensive when he came out, the original with the trailer. This mm-hmm. doesn't appear that it'll have the trailer with it, does, it but it doesn't no. seem like it now. Yeah, so he should be cheaper, and it's been so long since probably he's been in the market. Some, probably somewhere close to what they charged for the Nemesis repaint of it a couple of years ago. I would probably. assume that, yeah. Yeah, but... I, well, I, actually, I probably they, more now, but yeah. They yeah. need to get that Optimus Prime mold out again uh, for people who didn't have a chance to get it the first time. And this is if this is the way to, to do it, to make it a toy toy accurate or you know it's not that much different toy wise than the uh than the animation yeah so what this seems to have is um metallic colors um it's toy colors on the animation model basically yeah Yeah. which is about all they can really do um it's not not a lot (laughs) it's not that different in principle from the uh plus version of mp megatron 2.0 Um, you know, that had some new tooled parts, but predominantly that was, you know, toy details on a cartoon body. I still really like the way that looks, but I don't have any desire to actually own that toy in a meaningful sense. And as you mentioned, I think this had some knee issues, so hopefully they fix that uh, in this. Well, I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, I never looked at seriously getting MP44. Dynamics has its limits. Uh, and MP44 really was not something I was willing to put that much money into. When I have MP10, I had the uh, Magic Square, the first version of the Light of Justice, their Optimus Prime. I had the Transform Element Optimus Prime. All three did, did it a little bit differently, and they were all much more affordable. I wound up getting the KO of MP44 just to bought with some of the accessories. <laughs> Just just to sit on the shelf to look good, because I got it for like $89. Uh, I know, I know. But now <laughs> you could get this for like 275 Right, oh, but here's yeah. the thing, though. This, that doesn't, looking at the pictures, it doesn't do anything I need it to do for that money. You know, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's MP44, yes. Is it more affordable? Yes. Does it do something new, unique, different to make me go, Hey, I like that. I, what I have doesn't do that. I want it. It's like, but this n- may be for other people. Well, so. yeah, remember, yeah, I'm just yeah. saying for me, for me personally, it's like other night, Christian and I were looking at some stuff for the house and she brought up something. And I said, do you really think we'll get the use out of this that we're thinking? And she said, do you need another Optimus Prime? I said, that's very fair. <laughs> you know, I said that's very fair. If the prime does something unique or different that what I already have doesn't do, yeah, this yeah. does. This, if you couldn't get, if you wanted MP44 and couldn't get it the first time around, get this thing, and I hope you enjoy it. But me, do you, re- do you remember when the price point for MP44 was announced? And I think it was my take on it at the time, like. What they should have done here is release the cab robot as a release by itself, and then later on, you know, do like a special edition or something of cab and trailer together for that higher price point, but make 
the core robot, the main release, at the more affordable price. Like, they've kind of done this backwards because MP44 Plus would have been the perfect thing to have the trailer come with uh, versus the original form because, like, the trailer, as it's represented Masterpiece, is much more about replicating what the toy did originally with the combat deck and the repair bay function. Uh, those were basically never a thing in the cartoon, and for the Masterpiece purpose, you might as well have just had the cartoon-accurate robot by itself. Um, and at this point, this toy-accurate one's going to be kind of incomplete because you need that MP44 regular release trailer, so you already had to have spent the $450 on that to have that to complete this new release. I mean, If they were to do a separate trailer for this with the uh, Diaclone label on the side instead of the you know Optimus Prime stripe, I might actually be interested in that. I mean, that, that's something I think maybe they could do the Takara version of HasLab for, possibly, to like they did for the Grand Maximus reissue I mean, of... Takara Tomu Mall. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Or whatever the uh, Lunar Prime yeah, is fire, on. I think. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, I, I, think, I, think Rob, I think Rob's on to something. A Diaclone themed trailer to go with the Toy Optimus would, in my head, works really well. And Takara Tummy wouldn't be out a lot of money if it didn't. I mean, there'd be, you know, some money involved, sure. But I think that'd be the safest way to go. So they get more sales off the Optimus and then they can piggyback the sales from the trailer on top of that without, without as much risk. No, One- actually, like, I think just going straight through Takara Tummy Mall with the Battle Convoy trailer. As a, you know, if we get 2,000 pre-orders for this, we'll make it. If not, you won't get charged anything. Like, that would be actually a good way to do that, to make that available to the probably small subset of collectors that actually would want to have that. Because, I mean, the Diaclone collectors, let's be honest, a lot of the classic Diaclone collectors, they have money. They, if you're they have to. I mean, well, you, no, yeah. they used to have money. Now they have a Diaclone collection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying, if you're a Diaclone collector, you're going to generally have deeper pockets because of the rarity and the the multitudes of Diaclone stuff that came out that was existed long before Transformers was around. So this would be the best way to get that, like you said, that smaller subset of people into it. But they would be willing to buy probably two, you know, one for the one for the vehicle mode, one for a robot mode if they got two of the figures. Yeah, Diaclone collectors are kind of like 1964 G.I. Joe collectors versus right. 1982 G.I. Joe collectors. Like, you can only get into that if you had a job that had a pension. There's just no yeah. other way. Yeah, yeah, there's. Yeah, these are the people who used to be dentists. Uh huh. Yeah, the, yeah, Diaclone. I mean, I've known, I, I know people that are Diaclone collectors, and it's like for the amount of, the amount of time and effort and research they do looking for the figures, I got nothing but respect for them. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. Even if I had the money, it's too much to keep track of. Well, okay. So, like, and one particular example that I can think of is Maz, who we all know from, um, you know, his TF1 blog. He's on Twitter for as long as that lasts. But, like, you know, mm-hmm. he was on this, like, mission to find and document all of these unusual, like, Diaclone variants, the European equivalents, like, all of that stuff to, you know, have good photos out there, solid, reliable information. Like, yeah, there is, there is that dedicated following for Diaclone and its derivatives like that. You need money. You need a special kind of determination. There's not a lot of those people, but like, I am certainly glad that they're out there. 
Um, all right, let's move on before, uh, you know, Brian gives himself an aneurysm screaming in his head to stop talking about this already when he's listening to the show for editing later. <laughs> um, so over the weekend, we had the show Bible for EarthSpark leak as a, like, big batch of Paramount uh, documents that somehow uh, went out to public access. Like, 500 gigabytes worth of internal Paramount documents got spread out to the internet through some means or another, and among them was EarthSpark's Bible. Um, so this is very much like an early treatment Bible. Um, it does not have like really like nitty-gritty information in it, anything we don't really already know about the show just from having watched it. Um, this is basically what they would circulate to um, writers that they invite to submit scripts for the show so that they have the like right understanding of what the show is about and who the characters are but not so much that like they don't have freedom to explore their own concepts within that. Um, what I think is really interesting about this is just to see like what the show felt like during its earlier stages of development before it really went to animation, because uh, there is some little differences here and there in like names and concepts and things. And there's also a lot of like uh, concept art for characters, uh, some of whom look fairly different from what actually came about in the 3D animation. Um, so there's a link to a PDF uh, on the TFW boards. Uh, you can find that via our show notes for this episode, uh, tfradio.net slash 838, for as long as that stays available. Um, there's no telling if that's going to get pulled down at some point. The fact that it stayed up for several days already without probably means like nobody's really paying that much attention to it. So go grab it while you can. It's always interesting to have those kind of documents around. I actually have something similar to this for Star Trek Voyager um, that I bought uh, on eBay directly from Christy Marks, um, who some people may recognize as a fairly prolific uh, TV writer from the 80s and early 90s. So she received one of those at some point from Paramount and much later on sold it along with a lot of other stuff. And uh, it's much the same thing. Like the basic concept of the show is already there, but like there's just like they interpreted characters different once they actually like got into producing the show and casting the roles. So like it's an interesting thing to have around as like uh, memorabilia kind of stuff. It's not so much like you're learning deep secrets about this that nobody's ever heard before. It, it's all pretty much out there already anyway. Um, so diecast might be interested in this next one. Uh, the Funko and Loungefly SDCC exclusive, so uh, if Diecast wants two more Transformers Funko Pops that he'll probably never actually be able to get. Are these, are these we're going to have to do by, uh, uh, what, what are those? Uh, by lottery? Yeah, the lottery with the... Um, oh, with the NFTs? NFT, yeah. Uh. I, I'm not sure if it's going to be that bad. Um so the Funko Pops are uh, Toy Deco, Rodimus Prime, and Galvatron, which, like, setting aside any feelings about Funko Pops as a concept, like, the colors, the decos on these don't look bad. They still have oh. the, you know, black, lifeless Funko Pop eyes, but that's, you know, just kind of par for the course. You know what's sad is it, it, it says they're $30, so if I have the, that's $15 a piece. If I have the chance to pick this up for $30 because it's Transformers, I will, and I don't even want to. Like, I don't want to, but yeah, I'll, I'll buy it. Uh, the I'm, thing... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I tend to be kind of critical of Funko Pops in general, but in terms of sculpt, I'm actually 
pretty impressed by this because yeah, there are definitely you know a lot of toy details, especially yeah. in Rodham's Prime, and of course Galvatron's head is just purely the toy, except for the you know lifeless eyes. But right, I hope man, it would be nice if they molded the uh, lifeless eyes in like clear yellow so you could put a light in there. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I'm sure they didn't. But that would be cool, right? Funko would- Pops now with light piping. <laughs> I mean, that would be the next step if there is a next step. Yeah. Yeah, Funkos feel like they're starting to go the way of Twitter, but, you know. The thing that I thought was more interesting, and I was actually hoping Brian would be here to talk about this, because it seems like it's kind of up his alley a little bit, or at least used to be. It's a thing he'd be interested in, is um, the Loungefly stuff, which is a Soundwave-themed backpack and a set of pins that are Soundwave in four of his cassettes. Oh, that is really clever. Yeah. Unfortunately, the pin set, if I'm reading that box correctly, is limited to 500 pieces. Oh, Ooh. so those will all be gone. Yeah, it's not a bad price too. twenty bucks for a six or five, five pin set, six yeah. pin set. That, no, that's... I thought that was very reasonable, much more so than the hundred and twenty five dollar backpack. Yeah, yeah and just... it's a mini backpack. It's not yeah. even a full size backpack. So that's that for me is I would not get that. But the pin set is nice yeah, yeah. For, for people who are not the, who are not watching this, who are listening. Um, what the pin set is is it is a larger pin of Soundwave in Walkman mode that you get separate pins of his cassettes to uh, put in the cassette door spot on the tape player. It's really neat. Yeah, I and really I, like it. Yeah, and I'm betting that uh, pin number six, which is not visible in the packaging, is going to be the plain cassette door. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, and that would explain why they don't have it visible in the package, because, like... Not terribly most, exciting, but... Yeah, that's that's pretty boring just by itself. <laughs> Yeah, but I, as a concept, I really do like these. This is neat. Yeah, like, if this was not an SDCC limited thing, I would seriously, seriously consider buying this for $20. Like, this is, yeah. it looks really nice. It's a really cool concept. But, you know, locked behind 500 pieces and SDCC and, like, <sighs> XV has a sad. <laughs> That's our episode title, by the way. I'm putting it in right now. Okay. <laughs> Until... Brian hears something else in here and overrides it, which happens sometimes. All right. Um, we have uh, in-hand images of the Buzzworthy Bumblebee Shuttle Massacre set. Uh, that's not the official name of it, but that's what I'm calling it now and forever. Fair. Uh, so I, I approve. Is, that's a good name. This is from a video review of the set, but it gives us a lot of like up-close looks at the uh, new Prowl face sculpt, a uh, better look at the damage detailing on the figures. Um, like, I mean, there's not a ton of new information to be had about this, but, like, it's our it's the best look we've had yet at this. Um, I would assume we're going to see these show up in stores probably within just a matter of weeks at this point. You know, they're produced, the packaging's all there and everything. They're just kind of, like, waiting for a rollout here. Um, and by the same token, it probably is not going to be long before that uh, Troop Builder multi-pack comes out, too, and many of us will face financial ruin. Hmm. <laughs> Matt that, is nodding his head knowingly. That's more accurate than I would care to uh, admit. Yes. Uh, for for some of our Discord members too, tfradio.net slash Discord. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pleased that I think a lot of people are having some restraint on that one, just going for one at full price. But that is certainly not true of everyone. It's true of me though. I'm I'm waiting for the discounter of the extras. But yeah, um, shuttle masker set. Cool that it exists. I guess not for me. Just makes me sad that the the toys don't have you know undamaged parts uh, for you know normal display. 
Yeah. I do like that the uh, Studio Series backdrop is the shuttle with a hole blown inside of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like Studio Series more often than not does really well with the choice of backdrops for any given release. Some of them might be a little bit bland, but like a lot of them are very appropriate and like uh you know well positioned for uh the display like it felt like such a weird thing to have those backdrops in the first couple ways of studio series before we were used to the idea because uh, you know they were framing it like yeah you have this backdrop now for taking pictures to put on social media and like i don't know if anybody actually ever does that but it's kind of nice for the packaging at least if you leave it in box for display like it makes a nice little extra for that at the very least and they've gotten really good at uh, setting those up. Oh, Optimus P123 is calling it the Instruments of Destruction set, which is also pretty good. Yes. Uh, the Heroic Nonsense set would have been a good name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay, so the um, the Ratchet and Brawn that were hy- uh, hy- hypothesizing that will come next year, we can call that the Instruments of Destruction set. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Black Knife, our old friend Carl, suggests they talk about boring daniel said i think it's talk about dull or talk about dull uh is the line but i think yes, he's pitching a you know hot rod and daniel go fishing set which yeah talk about dull yeah i mean that would be a chance <laughs> to get the uh studio series hot rod in those nice uh movie reissue colors so oh, oh yeah damn. oh damn you now i want that to exist <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks rob <laughs> yeah. rob why do you have to ruin everything <laughs> to have it <laughs> Uh, all right. What else do we have? Oh, our first look at the retro reissue kickback box. Not the toy itself, unfortunately, but the box, which, you know, it's the same style and very nice box art on that. I'm afraid to even ask what the price is going to be on this because it's like I look at Hound, I look at Starscream, and they're $35. Yeah. I look at kickback, and it's like, I'm not paying $35 for a kickback in a box. Did I you will... pay $35 for Hound because he's smaller than a scale Yeah, I, I did because I was it, everything went up at one time at Pulse, and I kind of was like on my break. So I, <laughs> I, I, I got everything while I was on my break while I had a few minutes. and I meant Just to go like back. you'll do with this kickback. No, so, I don't. I would like so. to call your attention back um, about 10 years to the, the Platinum Edition toys where there was a three-pack of the Insecticons, and the SRP on that was about $80. Yeah, don't don't remind me of that. That was <laughs> that was ridiculous back then. Yeah, that was $80 in 2014 money. So $35 a piece for single Insecticons today actually is about right, and if not, a little bit low. I'm yeah. actually, I'm honestly surprised that the Seekers were being sold by Walmart in this retro edition for $35 each. I am genuinely surprised by that because when the same molds were sold by Toys R Us in the commemorative series in 2004 or three, whichever, I believe even then they were priced at $35 each, them and the Autobot cars. That sounds right. Yeah. So like, if anything, you would expect the seekers at this point to be like 50 from Walmart. Yeah. Um, I mean, kickback is kickback was the first Insecticon I ever bought. And he is so closely tied with Shrapnel was my favorite. It, it, it depends on what day you ask me of which of the two I like the best. Bombshell's kind of just over there doing his own thing. But um, I just can't see paying. If, if he's 20, if he's a lower price point, but I can't imagine it being its own price point in this capsule because there's, no. No, there's nothing else that it could be 
slotted into the same spot and they would have to make a new price point slot if it wasn't 35. And it's like, I'll wait for a clearance. I'm, I just can't pay $35. I don't want to pay $35 for an Insecticon. Well, do, you will, and you'll do it three times, Don. Yep. I do want to <laughs> see this, though, uh, because I think the original kickback mold could look pretty good with, uh, uh, with you know, a nice opaque uh, yellow uh, chest plate and even painted silver wings. I, it, could, it could end up looking pretty nice. Yeah, I'm, I am genuinely curious what the final deco on this is going to look like because like there are extreme steps that you can take to make it look more like a cartoon but like the insecticons there's not a ton you can really do with them just with like little detail work like uh on starscream yeah also yeah. I, did, I just did a little bit of searching on that site just for you know academic purposes as much as anything yeah um the price listed it of course will not be the u.s price uh, it is listed at 45 euros, which translates to $48. But mm-hmm. the important part is uh, they have Hound and Thundercracker, and those are each about five euros more. So this may end up being just a little bit cheaper than the previous movie figures. Maybe. I mean, at the same time, though, the wholesale price might be a little bit lower on that. But Walmart probably would keep a constant price point just to, you know, keep using the one shelf space they already have set up and not add something new to the skew and i just mentioned in our discord you know with it being a walmart capsule item like soundwave was for netflix it's very possible if those people that want a diaclone recolor set it'll be a while before we get it or we'll get it in legacy molds not these class not these g1 molds i kind i was kind of always figuring if we saw a set of diaclone uh insecticons we'd see those on legacy molds just because yeah that's where, um, you know, modern molds have been where almost all the other Diaclone stuff has happened. So, mm-hmm. but I think they'll go the route of deluxe Insecticons before they even yeah. attempt any of that. Yeah, yeah. The, the the Diaclone colors will be pretty well farther down the list. I think I think Japan will see the Diaclone from the G ones long before we do. If if it was still Legends days. I would agree with you. At this point, though, like anything kind of goes. Um, and I will also point out that Mark, I think, on the last stream basically stated his intention to like have a cartoon color bombshell at the first chance he has to do that. So, like, probably even before a deluxe Insecticon, that's what he wants, you know, out of a recolor of these molds. You know, here's the thing what I'm thinking would it not fit pretty well? If they line up doing deluxe Insecticons to put it in the buzzworthy buzzworthy capsule, because they've done that before. Again, if if it's yeah, mul- that's how we got Ransack. I could totally yeah. see yeah, well, yeah, yeah, Chop Shop yeah. showing up the same way. Exactly. I just it would just be spaced out over three other sets, assuming one deluxe Insecticon per set. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. So Don, this one's for you. It's a statue that you're going to have to buy. No, I'm not. <laughs> Yes, you do. You're obligated. No, this is this is a uh, very nice looking, I think, cell shaded Optimus Prime statue uh, from Numskull. Numskull does not sell these directly themselves. I believe the price point on this, though, from the uh, retailers that carry it, is around one hundred and fifty dollars. Better than I expected, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Now um, I will. Oh, go ahead, Rob. BBTS has it for one seventy five. For okay, I'll be honest. I think it looks good. However, I have the pop culture shop 
animated cell, cell shaded Optimus, which I, let me get it. I have it right here, as a matter of fact. But Don, of course, you always need more. Like you can't just have one cell shaded Optimus Prime. Now, see a cell shaded Optimus Prime statue. I think that would be up more up diecast Sally because he does love his cell shading. Hmm. I mean, I've always attributed that more to be a Don thing personally. I'm not a I'm not a statue guy though. Uh, yeah. There's only yeah. one statue that I ever seen that I would but buy. Th- but this one is cell shaded. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even that one that Don's holding, I I had no interest in. Well, it does this look is, nice, though. Yeah, this is the pop culture shock one that came out about two, maybe three years ago. Uh, it's cell shaded, and this one. Oh, it's got a spare arm with the uh, energon act. Right. So yeah. So this one, it, he it, really shouldn't be running with that. Exactly. No. But see, well, the re- no, it's fine. It's not scissors. <laughs> but uh, this also, when it came out, again, this is two to three years ago. Was retailed at one fifty nine. So, and the thing is, as far as I can tell, the numbskull does not have a weapon, does not have any interchangeability. It's just what you see there. And yes, it looks very good, but it doesn't look good enough for me to add to or replace this one because I do have the extra part, and I do have what I think is a better uh, cell shading. It's a little more subtle to me, and if you look at the end of the G1 credits, when Optimus Prime is transforming uh, in the background, it, this thing actually picks up from when he starts running with his gun in hand. Mm-hmm. So it's so close to like the like him jumping off the screen to me. I don't want anything to replace this. This is exactly what I want in this kind of statue. I also feel like the blue on the new statue is a little bit too light, and yours is probably more accurate to the model from what I'm seeing on camera. For myself, I'm fine with anime eyebrow truck just because that was a lot cheaper than either statue. <laughs> if I had ever seen that go on clearance like the Megatron did, I would have bought the the Siege and uh, the Siege cell shaded uh, Optimus Prime. Oh yeah, because that actually looked really nice. I just didn't want to pay thirty five dollars for it, which is what those anniversary figures were going for, even when the Voyagers themselves were just bumping up against thirty. Yeah. But fine, fine. Don's ruined all my fun. And then Brian ruined my fun, too, because the next item we have, I titled Brian has to buy the Super Shogun Megatron. Um, we talked about this briefly uh, before when it popped up on Super 7's Instagram account. They have a product page for it now. And the the fun in this for me is that it's priced at $435 and we needed to try to talk Brian into buying it. But, you know, Brian's not here, so I don't get to have any fun getting to irresponsibly spend <laughs> his money. It's two foot tall. With it's a super shogun, yeah. With roller skates. And yes, a rocket is, fist. Yeah. Uh, the rocket fist was not standard on the jumbo machine molds that uh, Shogun Warriors used. Uh, matter of fact, like the rocket punch for Great Mazinger was like a, an accessory set that was sold separately. But uh, yeah, they were all, you know, two feet tall, hollow plastic. They all had wheels on their feet. They fall over so easily. <laughs> like, I, the only reason I, I well, know so this do is, I when I put roller skates on. Well, yeah, same. But yeah, uh, my brother found a couple of these for me at like a thrift store for my 16th birthday. So I, you know, I've I've had these. I've had things like this a while, and I love the idea, but I cannot pay four hundred dollars. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's sort of icon- It's sort of weird because c- you give Megatron a shooting fist, but it's kind of like Godzilla, and we all remember Godzilla's famous shooting fist from the movies as well. Uh, mm. so it really, it really, of course you could say it fell off because of cosmic rust, but that's, 
That's a heavy price tag. Godzilla got cosmic rust. No, me- uh, Mega. You can say that Megatron. You know, his oh, wrist. Yeah, okay. yeah, Megatron got. Yeah. No, it's just I was just saying. I guess it's, that makes it's, a little more sense. Yeah. yeah, it's just sort of yeah. weird. Megatron having the shooting fist, which is the super, which is the Super Shogun aesthetic, but also Godzilla got it as well. So it's like. Yeah, I uh, mean, you say all that, but it just makes me like I wish Megatron had rocket fists in the cartoon. Yes. Like, what's not improved with a rocket punch? Mm-hmm. You can't tell me I'm wrong. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, Black Knife is suggesting Becca Godzilla got Cosmic Rust. That yeah. would also make a little more sense. Oh, yeah, that that also reminds me, semi-off-topic, but I think Don might appreciate this. Um, uh, Discotech did just announce Mazinger Z on Blu-ray coming later this year. So Believe it or not, I've never I've never been a Mazinger fan. I've, I've I actually have more fond memories of Transor Z, which I know is which I know is a no. That's a, fair. A slap in the face. So that that's how I so was. Do I? You know but, that's how you know because it's the theme song. It's oh, that, the that theme, theme song. song. Yeah, that theme song was catchy as heck. But yeah, just I the odds of like ever getting like a good high end release of Transor Z very low. But Mazinger Z, uh, they're going to do, and I'm probably going to try and get it. I keep hoping they'll bring over one of the masterpiece grade. Mazinger Z's and a Transor Z packaging. It's like, oh, that would be cool. It would be like so cool, and it'd be like, I, yeah, I, I would get that. I'll be honest. What I really want is, I just want a Mazinger Z figure that is not several hundred dollars like this Megatron. Just sort of leads us back on <laughs> I mean, the topic. Well, yeah, this, well, well, Brian, are expensive. Well, yeah, Rob, do yeah. they have like an MDLX version over there with uh, like what we're getting with the Optimus and the and the upcoming Rodimus and stuff? Uh, I don't quite get uh, get what you're going for there. Oh, you know the the three zero seventy nine eighty dollar the Optimus. Are you asking Bumblebee. if three zero is doing Mazinger stuff? No, I'm saying no. I'm saying is there like an equivalent line that has the high posability with some of the features like what three zero does for Transformers? The you know, closest we ever got was uh, some Super Robot Chogokin uh, figures, which are not you know soul of Chogokin, so they were a little bit cheaper, but also they had most of their parts like shunted to separate accessory packs, so the savings was not all that much in the long Yeah. But yeah, no, all there's right. just there's there's no cheap Mazinger Z figures that are really worth getting. That's my opinion. Alright, um well on that note, let's uh shift over to what we got this week. John, are you there? I sure am. What have you I bought got... lately? Uh, Street Fighter Six? Well, <laughs> I did. Yes, uh, <laughs> very much. Yeah, so that hasn't changed. Uh, let's see here on Transformer front. Um, so I got um, I got DevCon, I got Axel Grease. I haven't gotten to DevCon yet, but I did open Axel Grease, and uh, she's great. Great color scheme, um, fun, fun mold, really good. Uh, John, we're having uh, we're having some issues with your audio. I'm not sure. Uh, okay, let me reconnect. Let me reconnect. All right, all right. Skip me for a minute, and I'll be back. Uh, Rob. Okay. Um, I got, uh, I got my new glasses, which keep sliding down my nose, but otherwise are working very well. I think some super glue will fix that. Uh, some of the little foam pad, uh, nose pad things that I, uh, have coming in from Amazon by Friday. Um, I also got, um, okay. So I got, I, you probably remember, Chris, I used to collect like Japanese reference books to various like early anime Gundam, things like that. Yeah. Uh, finally found the one the Roman album for the Edeon movies for only twenty bucks on eBay. So, Interesting. Yeah, so un- I got that. There's some really nice illustrations in there. Unfortunately, unlike the Gundam ones, it doesn't have like 
you know, really kind of janky napkin sketches that Tomino did for some of the robots. <laughs> oh, but I, I still don't regret it. That's a, that's a, it's a really nice book and it's just, it's nice to uh, pick that up again after so long. So, uh, the other thing I got was I got the high grade Hazel custom, which I pre-ordered from big bad toy store about a year and a half ago, went into my pile of loot and sat there since they won't let you put sale items uh, combined for shipping with your pile of loot stuff. So it finally ran out of time and wound its way to me. And that is in terms of like, just not like really tedious, practical things. I think that's everything I got. this. Uh, John, are you ready to try again? Okay. We'll take that as a no and go to Matt. Okay. So, oh, wait, John is connected to audio. <laughs> okay. We have two John DeLunas. It's a, it's an Excellent. embarrassment of riches. Yeah. You got two for the price of one. Does it sound better? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, I got, um, like I mentioned, I got DevCon and Axel Grease. Didn't get to DevCon yet. Uh, did get to Axel Grease. And she's great. So great colors, right? Very Decepticon colors. And her head sculpt's really good, too. So very interesting. Um, like an exposed brain kind of thing going on there with her. Um, and uh, big anime eyes. And uh, yeah, you know, so she's, she's really cool. Um, so two thumbs up for her. Uh, very mixed, uh, mixed thumbs, if that's a thing, for uh, Trainbot number four, which came in last week. So I'm so sorry, yeah, guys. Yeah, it, it's a sunk cost thing going on here right now with them. So um, I will I will say that the Trainbots continue to like be really good individual robots and Transformers, but they have a combined mode that I'm dreading uh, the day. Uh, that comes <laughs> so i mean it could be worse right they could be bad individual transformers which they're really not um but yeah i should have bailed <laughs> at like uh at train train bot one maybe after one strike but uh I'm, I'm four down with two to go um you know what like i said uh it's it's really weird to get uh you know this uh group of six that look really good. You know, they, they are, are, are very respectable transformers on their own. I really like when I get a masterpiece, um, you know, I don't, I don't really collect consistently masterpiece uh, transformers, but when I do get them and they still look like a toy, um, I really respect that. So I appreciate um, even though they have, they have master uh, uh, masterpiece engineering uh, sometimes at its worst. Um, it's still like, it's still, they still translate well as like, Oh, this is like a toy ish toyetic robot. So I appreciate that. And, and I do think that so far uh, that the first four train bots um, have a nice aesthetic. Um, it's just that they're going to make a very terrible combiner robot uh, that I'm going to be compelled to spend like two hours uh, assembling at some point. So um, I'm going to try to delay that. Uh, as uh, as much as possible, but uh, yeah, as far as transformers go, those are my three big uh, purchases in the last couple weeks or deliveries in the last couple weeks. Really like axle grease. Can't uh, can't recommend that enough. And uh, it, it also continues to be really weird that you know Hasbro is like firmly in this uh, era of we only do stuff that's been done before. Like you know, don't talk to us if if it's not um, referencing something else. Uh, that they continue to do like really creative junkions in multiple like price points and sizes it's really weird like like it shows that they can be creative if they i don't know 
weren't so scared to do it. Um, and she's, she's really successful. So I'm really happy with her. Yeah, I personally would really love to see like what a toy line, basically Beast Wars today, like where every new co- every concept in it is brand new, just the designer's creativity showing through. I would love to see what that would look like for a year without any like 1984 callbacks. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, don't be scared, guys. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> you can you can make new Transformers. You can you can do it. Before uh, we move on, yes. I just I just want to ask the question I usually ask when John's here. Uh, any fun new like uh, toy catalogs or oh, yeah. production materials or anything lately? Oh yeah, that's a good question. Um, uh, not not exactly. Uh, so I haven't gotten any new um, uh, toy fair catalogs or literature or anything like that uh, recently. I did that did remind me. I did go to um, a GI Joe collectors convention two weekends ago and uh, shook the hand of Mr. Ron Rudat, which was fun. Nice. And um, picked up a couple of uh, pieces from him, and uh, you know he put his signature on those bad boys, and so that is a piece of toy history uh, to be in the presence of uh, Ron Rudat. And if anyone's not familiar with him, he did uh, quite a bit of GI Joe um, packaging artwork uh, back in the day, specifically like character artwork. And I so, believe, yeah, he, he's a piece of history. I believe he's also the person that designed the Cobra logo. Uh, I didn't know that, but if he did, that is I awesome. think so. Yeah. Well, he's he's definitely a part of GI Joe history. Uh, I'm not I'm not dating him. Sorry, Ron. I'm not calling you old, <laughs> but uh, but but uh, he has quite a resume, and so it was really cool to be in the presence of some toy history there. Cool. Okay, Matt, we were trying to go to you. Yeah. Okay. See, John, I've got the uh, the the solution to your train bot problem since you like the way they look in individual modes you can just buy the diaclone versions that's been hinted and put that in combined mode and and, and keep mm. the individuals in robot mode okay i'll have to think about that i'll have to i'll have to <laughs> consult with my checking account <laughs> okay but uh so what i got this week i got uh from toku collectibles i got the shoto super gosei sentai die ranger team oh the what? assholes yes one of my favorite <laughs> favorite sentais one of the, the great 90s Sentais. Yes, they are just absolutely horrible people. And <laughs> got like the I love the suits. They're they're simple but but attractive suits. And uh like they've got more one of the more ornate helmet designs for the team. And it's just a really good show. I love it. I can't wait for Di- the Die Reno uh super mini plot. Um Transformers wise. Uh, I'm a little less excited about this. I picked these up today. Uh, I got the, uh, what is the, the Wardon two pack? I can't remember the exact name of it, but I got um, Dion and Ariel. Yeah. Okay. Um, Dion falls apart quite easily. I just, I just touched him for the benefit of those with uh video. I just touched him and his arm fell off. Uh, it's not the newly molded parts either. It's the parts that have been rerun from the cup mold, which I believe this is like the fourth time it's been run through because I took the new parts and put them on the Orion Pax body and they hold just fine. But if you uh-huh. put them on Dion, the Dion torso, the one arm just you only stays on if you put it on there in exact way. And even then it's very tenuous. Does Pax's arm stay on on, on Dion? No. Okay. No, none of the arms will stay on the Dion torso. Okay, okay so, well, it's unfortunate. Yes. Yeah, though it sounds like if you have a little bit of, like, you know, plumber's thread seal tape to wrap around that peg, it might help. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's uh, either that or some uh, floor polish mm-hmm. treatment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to require something. I mean, other than that, I really like all the the way all the remolding came out. Like it, it's a good looking toy, but because of the way his limbs won't stay on, transformation is a freaking nightmare. Oh yeah, like I successfully got him into truck mode, but just um. The way the hands hold on to the little pegs underneath the truck bed will pull the arms off of off of the the shoulder pegs. Uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah on not- the plus side, you know, Dion is destined to be a casualty anyway, so it's it's fine if his limbs go flying off somewhere. Yes, this is another uh, two pack of corpses that we could have in our future. Um, Ariel, I've never been the biggest fan of this uh, this mold to begin with. Uh, I skipped the Prime RC to begin with. Uh, the only one I had was Road Rocket, and it's always felt flimsy. I guess because of the uh, unpaintable plastic they've used, like they used a lot of it in this mold in particular. So she doesn't feel any worse than Road Rocket did to me. Mm. Um, I do like the remolding for the front of her motorcycle. The motorcycle mold holds together really well. So she is the better figure out of the two and uh nice face sculpt on her. Uh, her ponytail actually does is a separate piece from the rest of the head sculpt. Uh, I don't think it's supposed to pull off, but, but mine does. And it pulls off of course, because it has a stress mark on it <sighs> on the peg that holds it in place. And also Dion's head has a stress mark on the uh, base of the neck. So that's probably not going to, I want to say one of my cups had had that too, but has not yet broken. Thank goodness, knock wood and such. And let's check Buzzworthy cup. I have that. Uh, I have that to hand yeah. here. So, like, I'm not going to be transforming them a whole lot. They're going to go up with Orion packs and Alpha Trion and Vector Sigma, and like, be more of a display piece as opposed to fiddle toys. So, just as far as like having them on the shelf to look at, they're great. But the quality control on these is not the best I've ever experienced. Moving along to a good toy that I am supremely happy with. I also got Studio Series 86 Snarl. Ooh. The best Dinobot. He's good, isn't he? He is so amazing. Uh, Like, Don praised this thing up and down whenever he got his. And I don't think he did it justice. Like, it is just (laughs) a really good toy. The the, um, molded gold plastic versus the gold paint is really not all that uh, distracting in hand. I was expecting like a noticeable difference, but it, it's not that bad in person. Uh, transformation is spectacular. Um, the Dinobot head in robot mode seamlessly blends in with the inside of the legs. Like I was, I was blown away by it. So this like a plus Hasbro, thank you for getting the best Dinobot, right? Yeah, I'm, I, as, I, as I said, when I got mine from CMD store, I was so worried about another, in, like with Sludge. Sludge is my favorite Dinobot. He was my first Transformer ever. And that Studio Series Sludge was just such a letdown on so many facets. And this Snarl is just... Exquisite. Exquisite, yeah. That's a good word for it. Matt, where'd you get him from? Uh, CMD store. Oh, okay. Same place I got Ariel and um, Dion, Dion from. We were talking about this last week, Diecast. I believe Diecast 
might have been the one that put the the link in the notes for him. I, I yeah, feel like yeah. That, I feel like that was probably the case. Yeah, I didn't realize they had uh, Snarl too. I, yeah, I think I, we mentioned that too. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to pass on Ariel and Dion because I didn't want to pay the extra shipping, and then Kilby's like, "Oh, they have Snarl too." So, <laughs> curse you, Brian Kilby. Yeah, I mean that only that only would have added like five dollars to the shipping. I think it didn't add anything to the shipping. Oh, okay, nice. So it made it made the shipping worth it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, but that's it for me this week. I think when I was uh, looking at that, deciding if I wanted to get those two toys, there actually was a little bit of an extra shipping charge adding uh, Snarl to the cart, but I'm also farther away from their shipping point than you are, uh, so that probably makes the difference. Yes, now I have to find Dion's arm that fell off, so continue, please. <laughs> <laughs> Diecast. Oh, I also got a Dion that if you look at him funny, his arm falls off. Oh dear. Oh yep, good. So, Same one too. Yep. Um so How's uh, the other arm? The other arm is not as bad. Oh. Uh it, it's yeah, not as bad. Yeah, yeah, not as bad, but it's it's not great. Um you know, some people were having this problem with Alpha Trion. Alpha Trion, no, I'm sorry, Orion Pax. Pax. Yeah. And uh I didn't have any issues with my Orion packs, so I was pretty lucky. But uh, apparently, this may be a more widespread issue on uh, Dion. Um, so he's he's not great, and I didn't even try and transform him yet. Um, I do like his coloring; I like all that stuff. Um, but yeah, they need to stop using this mold. Uh, this needs to go the way it needs some know, rehab. Yeah, either the, the torso definitely needs some rehab. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just or just redesign it and and make it so the arms pop on almost like a build a figure. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That way, like you physically need to rip them apart if you want to, um, but it won't damage the toy. Uh, my Ariel, I guess that's how you say it. Um, her face was chipped, so I did use a pen to fix that, and now it looks better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to pull her whole head apart, basically, to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's very, it feels very delicate, um, which is not what I'm used to with my Transformers. So, What toy line have you been buying for the last five years? Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this is definitely uh, the probably one of the most delicate transformers i've dealt with um just the waist is really weird on it uh and you know like matt said it may be this particular design uh and this mold this is the first time i've actually messed with a figure of this mold so i haven't even transformed her yet uh i I was i was waiting to talk about her on the show or maybe do a review i'm not sure usually when i get figures in the mail and i'm excited to get them and then i open them up and i'm like ah they're kind of not what i thought i tend to put off reviewing them um the other thing that i thought was really weird and i don't know if you had the same experience matt but even the packaging felt very thin and cheap uh which is it's just of a thinner quality than what we normally get. 
so even the box, like I was like, man, is there anything in this box? It's I, like- I didn't I didn't notice anything specifically because uh quite frankly, Studio Series Starl's packaging feels a little flimsy too. Okay. I yeah, mean, it was a lot it of it's like that now. Thin. Uh but I also got Dion or or uh Devcon. Devcon, which he is really nice. Uh I think Matt talked about him last week too. Yes. Uh, I love the colors. I love the robot mode. Uh, you know, he's got extra rocket boosters. He he's just really nice. I'm happy to have him. And then I also got uh Axel Grease, which hmm. I have not opened yet. Uh she's still in package for if you're not watching the video. Um, but yeah, yeah, she looks pretty good. I really love uh her face sculpt they they really did a good job with it just the huge visors and everything like that but you can uh you can definitely tell what they were going for with her i i'm warming up to axle grease like in concept but like i if i got that i don't think i'd really treat her like a junkie on no no i i can't reconcile those colors with being a junkie on and the decepticon junkie on thing is just kind of hard for me to rationalized to uh, so I, I just, agree. Just as an independent character i would be fine with that and the colors do look nice yeah I mean, um i was thinking maybe more along the lines of like the shattered glass junkions that like we got from botcon several years ago yeah the insecticon colored ones yes i mean maybe you maybe if you got like a mercenary faction and, and put it over the decepticon one and make her the part of the mercenary faction well that faction symbol is terrible it is she could just be one of um octane's associates that seems like it would fit. But yeah, that's all that I got. All right. Don. All righty. Uh, got an uh, interesting mix this week. Um, further falling down my rabbit hole of Joe Classified uh, <laughs> and unable to grab the sides of the wall, uh, I did pick up a new figure from Valiverse, which is a line of related six inch military figures. Uh, I got the uh, Kill Switch figure. Which he's a uh, a navy diver expert, so I got kill switch. Um, I had a partial gift card at GameStop, and my it was June thirtieth. I had my five dollar reward. I couldn't find anything else to buy. They didn't have a pack of D cell batteries that I wanted. To, Does so anyone I, sell D cell batteries anymore? Yeah, but oh, yeah. that GameStop had nothing I wanted. I was gonna I was gonna be out my five dollars plus whatever I had left on the gift card, which by itself wasn't that much. So I got Falcon. I'm hoping the head sculpt isn't as bad as everyone says it is, but Oh, it probably is. Yeah, but I got Falcon. Uh that was just, you know, why not? And then today I got one of the best Joes in the world, Bazooka. Excellent. Yeah. This is the the regular version with the red shirt. I've got the Tiger Force version, uh, but this is the Bazooka that, you know, I've always liked Bazooka. Um uh, Transformer wise, uh had a birthday offer from Target for an extra percentage off. I had a little bit left on a gift card from there. Uh, so I picked up Studio Series 100 Bumblebee. So I'm from Rise of the Beast. So I'm hoping this is the last Bumblebee I ever buy. Dodd, I hate to ruin this for you already. Is it the version with the fixed face paint or is it the first run? Actually, I have I completely forgot about that when I, w- I just saw it and thought, hey, that's a good thing. Um, I'll hold it up. Maybe you can tell me. Uh, I do not. What's wrong with the face paint on the first one? It's so they did a running change on it, adding like more paint and detail on the face. 
Uh, unfortunately, Don's webcam is not good enough for me to really be able to tell one way or the other. I'll try to put on. I'll try to put on Twitter after the show. Maybe you can look at it then. Um, I also got in the other day. Beachcomber, looking forward to opening him up. Nice. And I got in probably. I'm not going to call him Deluxe of the Year, but he's very close to being Deluxe of the Year, and that's Defcon. Yeah, I kind of figured that's where that was going. Well, because <laughs> the blue is right, the face sculpt is right, the look is right. This is this is the character that they have never gotten as close to G1 animation as this one, and it's from the blur mold, and it works so well. This is this is the figure I've been wanting for a very long time, and I love it. I got two of them, so I'm happy with that. I was even surprised too when I think it was someone in our Discord posted the screenshot of DevCon's vehicle mode, and like it even has the nacelles on the outside of the vehicle mode that just look like the arms of that toy on there. Like it's amazing how well that fits for how that blur was already engineered. Exactly. I mean, it's just, and I think what sells it for me, it's the blue. The blue and the reds are what in my head they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't compared screenshots and stuff like that. Um, so there's that. Before you continue on, uh, John put in our Discord side by sides of the two versions of Bumblebee. Uh, so you can actually settle this mystery for us right now if you still got your uh, Studio Series 100 in in uh, arms length there, because everybody needs to know: Did you get the good version or the first version? By everyone, I mean me. For those watching video, Don is just like absolutely like glowing with the uh, the light. He's <laughs> trying to compare those toys. <laughs> uh, just look around the eyes, Don. Surround the eyes. Yeah, I think you probably got the good one from what it looked like on the ca- uh, on camera, but that's just my guess. I yeah, I was yeah, suspecting it, yeah, it that. looks like it looks like it's the good one. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got the good one. Hooray! And the, la- and the last two things I got was, again, I got the Dion and Ariel set from, CM- from CMD store. Um, again, I basically I paid, I paid extra for shipping, but now I don't have to worry about it come SDCC time. Apparently, I shouldn't have been worrying about it in the first place with the QC issues, but that will make a nice shelf. And the last thing I got is the thing I wasn't wanting to get, which was Minor Megatron and Senator Ratbat. Rat Senator Ratbat. Because I for either I forgot about the Amazon thing, I didn't curate my pre-orders like I thought I did. So I thought I got Shockwave and Orion packs. So I ordered Senator Ratbat and Minor Megatron on Amazon while ago, and hopefully I'll get the one I want. I will say, looking at the box, they look a lot better, at least on the box, than I was than I thought they would. I really didn't want another Senator Ratbat because I think the Generations one looks really great. The uh, the one that was a minor retool of 2010 Scourge for reference, yeah, but, right? No, the minor retool is Megatron, but uh, I saw that from Paladin. I saw that from Paladin. Blaine. Yeah, I, n- I noticed. Yeah, but <laughs> looking at them in person, I think I may keep this. Now, if I get if they somehow wind up fixing it before I get the other one, and I have a second one, I'll probably sell it. But yeah, there's there's that. Um, other than that, that's all I got this week. We were talking about it before the show, and I just wanted to repeat my joke because I thought it was a pretty good one that I think it's funny that they've done Siege Megatron so many times they actually have to Trojan horse them into your house now. <laughs> Don's not even listening at this point. No, I am. No, I, no, I, I agree. It's just the only, after I bought Siege 
and saw Earthrise was basically 85 to 90% the same mold, I said, I do not need this mold again. Then they did the cell shaded. And mm-hmm. I thought, that looks really good. I'll pick it up. And that's it. Then they did G2. Gotta have G2. Gotta have the G2 look. I said, now I'm done. And it's like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> for me, uh, for me, I managed to uh, just get Siege G2 and Combat Hero Megatron, the first generation select. Yeah, I've got him too. It, because yeah. it's, that, it's, it's, it's that Tiger Stripe Megatron that was not released. Yeah, and it's that nice head sculpt that is now, you know, correctly on that minor Megatron. So, Okay, so I got Siege Megatron. I got one really early. In fact, I think I was the first one on the show to talk about it when that was coming out. Um, I also got the net, the first Netflix one that came with the Target Masters, which is the most awful story from any of us, because I literally did buy that just for the Target Masters, because one of them was for um, um, Ironhide Redeco help out. Crosshairs? Yes, Crosshairs. Thank you. My brain was trying to say cross-cut, and I knew that was wrong. I could not come up with crosshairs. But yeah, I, I literally did buy that just because it had the Target Masters with it. So that's that's my moment of shame with that. Um, then I've got the G2 one, and I think, I think I managed to only come away with three of that mold family. I did have the Shattered Glass one sitting around for a while, but I decided I didn't need that and sold it on to Vendo, I think, in our Discord, tfradio.net slash Discord. So that's with a more loving home now. So I, I, you know, down to just three, but I probably am going to end up with the Minor Megatron and Ratbat two-pack uh, one way or the other. So like, <laughs> I certainly don't have like a majority of that mold family, but I have more than I should. I almost got the set with Target Masters for, uh, for Crosshairs, but Luckily, I dithered on it, and by the time I was ready to do it, I could not find that Megatron at retail or less. So I was spared by my own procrastination, as frequently happens. I've I've been saved by that as well uh, from time to time. Matt, are you still looking for Dion's arm? Uh, Yes, it appears to have been sacrificed to the toy god. Oh, wow. I mean, I've I've had that happen on occasion. In my case, it's a little more tragic because the thing that was sacrificed uh, in that way for me was ah, Hell, found Buzz, it. Oh, Hell Buzzsaw from the eHobby, I think, exclusive Galaxy Force Sound Blaster. So I lost the little accessory piece from an expensive redeco of an old toy. And even having cleared this entire room out at one point, I have never found the damn thing. Yeah, it, it bounced behind the PlayStation 3. <laughs> I never you do. found the missile for my first generation's Thunderwing. I mean, one day you probably will. You put the arm on the Orion Pax mold? Oh, yeah, that's solid. Perfectly fine. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder if they did try to rehab those arms a little bit when they were doing the retooling for Dion and just accidentally made the pegs a little bit too narrow. Yeah, because you would think mold degradation would, if anything, make the pegs larger. Right. Yeah. I was wondering if it might be a plastic curing problem. It could be that, too, yeah. Yeah, the orange might not have reacted the same way the red and the green did. Yeah, Yeah. we have seen that with recolors, where the part fit just is not the same, and it seems like the only thing that could be at fault is the coloring agent just makes it react slightly different. Yeah, I there. there's a question, in fact, for anybody who has a Golden Disk Pterosaur, have the red parts on that that are black on Takarotomi Pterosaur given you any problems? Are mm. they loose or floppy or too tight? Or That is an interesting question. Yeah, because 
you know, I was, I was wondering if maybe, you know, the, the red pigment was giving them some kind of trouble with joint tolerances. Yeah. Um, any, any problems there, Diecast? Diecast is holding up a golden pterosaur now, too. Looks, looks like it's holding together fairly well. Yeah, I'd say so. If, if the last time I handled mine is any indicator, the only problem is that the wings pop off a little too. Yeah, that's kind of a hit and miss problem. Like, my golden disc pterosaur is pretty much fine as far as that goes. But, you know, I've had a lot of people, uh, I've seen reports of the wings almost just falling off by themselves in some cases. It's a very shallow peg. It, it really kind of is. It could hold a little bit tighter. Um, so, what I got this week was screwed by FedEx because they were supposed to deliver my DevCon and Beachcomber today, but decided that they didn't feel like loading it onto the truck from the depot this morning. So... <sighs> It did not get delivered, even though today was the delivery date. So maybe tomorrow. They were all probably partying yesterday and got in a little bit later. Probably. I was complaining about this in our Discord earlier, and I'm apparently not the only one who had the this same kind of delivery date issue with FedEx. So like, the holiday probably had a little bit to do with it. Laziness probably also had something to do with it. Uh, I, I'm... The post office. I'm okay with our post office service out here. They come late in the afternoon, but the mail comes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, FedEx well. and UPS just like, yeah, I'll probably get the stuff eventually, but there's no telling if it's actually going to be like anywhere related to the date, they say. <laughs> uh, well, with my post office, I should have had die on an aerial Monday hmm. because the post office had it, but I live far enough off the road where they won't deliver. And instead of leaving me a note that said it was here and I could pick it up, I had to use the tracking information to oh, of find out where my stuff was. So I yeah. could have had it Monday, but I had to pick it up today. Great. Fun. Uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm not so rural that I have to go and collect my mail. Oh, and just for the record, uh, I was looking uh, during the show. It looks like uh, UPS may be on strike as of August 1st. So if you have the uh, privilege of selecting your shipping methods uh, for stuff, plan accordingly. Yeah, I mean, if they're going on, if they're going on strike, it's probably justified. I've heard, you know, oh oh, yes, oh yes, all the advertisements in the '90s, like uh, working conditions at UPS, aren't that great anymore. No. All right. Um. Well, on a more cheerful note, I'd like to thank all of our patrons. Uh, The support of our Patreon makes this entire thing possible. Uh, Patrons get a lot of benefits if you want to sign up, uh, including an ad-free version of the podcast. We have. automatically insert pre-roll and post-roll ads on the public feed. You won't get that if uh, you're getting it from the patron feed. Um, we will post the uh, week's episode of RFC a day early to the Patreon feed. Um, not 24 hours necessarily, but the day before it goes out to the public feed, it will be available to the patrons. Uh, the Patreon version has a higher bit rate, so a little bit more audio fidelity for when Diecast accidentally plays the audio from ads uh, while he's recording the show. Um, Luckily, you also I didn't pick that up. Uh, no, because that would have only gone out to the stream because of how this is set up. And thanks to the multi-track, that will not be on the public version of the podcast uh, because uh, Brian can just mute that audio channel for that little segment because Diecast wasn't talking through that. Uh, but that nicely ties into the next perk, which is unedited episodes of RFC, which is exclusive to our patrons. So if uh, there are content edits for an episode... Uh, the original unedited version and the edited version will be available to the patrons where all, the public feed only gets the uh, final edited version. Uh, touch patrons can be on our History on the Fives podcast, which Rob hosts. 
Uh, and patrons at any level will get the History on the Fives podcast in their feed a week early. Um, if you uh, want to become a touch patron and uh, participate on History on the Fives, uh, just uh, you know, sign up to Patreon, then get in touch with Brian, uh, express your interest, and he'll go over what you need to know and uh, have set up to do that. Uh, and then, of course, our touch patrons get mentioned on the show each week and are listed uh, to view at any time at tfradio.net slash credits, which this time I actually did think ahead and load ahead of having to read them off, so I'm all good and ready to go here this time. I planned. So, our touch patrons, I'd like to thank Kevin Dorsey, AJ, Eric Griffin, Tyrell Gwynn, Rick Mahurin, Ryan Bona, Emmett Sresovich, Rabbits, Hector Bones, Ness, Joey Russell, Sean Williamson, Spider Bob, Jay Klein Rye, Sean Hamilton, Jacob Owen Lutia, Sean Bratton, Jason Hiley, TJ Petrucci, Petrus. Damn it, I cannot say that right. I am so sorry, TJ. Hyper Shouta and Brock Brandt. Thank you all for being patrons and submitting yourselves for me to potentially butcher the pronunciation of your names on weeks when I have to host the show. Um, if you would also like to support the show another way, we have our Amazon affiliate link, tfradio.net slash Amazon. You can buy anything through Amazon. If you use our affiliate link, we will get a little bit of referral money sent back to us. So, like, if you're done and for some reason you need D-cell batteries, you can get those on Amazon. And, you know, when you buy your package of 64 D-cell batteries for, I'm sure, entirely above board reasons, uh, we'll get a little bit of a kickback from that. But, you know, you can buy anything. You can buy your toilet paper. You can buy uh, macaroni and cheese powder. Uh, if they just don't give you enough in the boxes you buy at the store and you just need, like, extra, extra cheesy macaroni and cheese. Because, let's face it, we've all been there. Um, you can also get the uh, wrong set of uh, either uh, Shockwave and Orion packs or Megatron and Ratbat, depending. Um, you name it, Amazon probably has it. And you might even get the thing you actually ordered. Amazing. It's not like Walmart at all, where you like pre-order the stuff and it just never comes in, right, Diecast? Absolutely. <laughs> or sometimes it's scented candles instead of toys. <laughs> Essential but oils. Yeah. Amazon's a little better than that. So tfradio.net slash Amazon for all of your Amazon shopping needs. You'll help keep us going, and we really appreciate it. Um, you can find um, the show and our whole back catalog at tfradio.net. The show notes for this episode are at tfradio.net slash 838. Um, if you get us through your podcast feed, you won't have seen them when you download the show. If you get through the website, of course, you've probably already been to that page because that's kind of how we publish the publish the episodes through the show notes links. Um, there's my window. I still have to read all this off a cheat sheet, and when the windows don't cooperate, I just have to have dead air for a moment. Um, I highly recommend to anyone to join our Discord, tfradio.net slash Discord. It's a great place to hang out with like-minded fans, uh, just general nerd conversation there all the time transformers star trek all sorts of stuff um a lot of us are really really happy with star trek strange new worlds the new episode drops um i think at like 2 a.m tonight for most of us in the united states uh so there will definitely be some conversations about that in our spoiler channel uh starting tomorrow and like boy this season has not disappointed at all so far no so good yeah um but yeah tfradio.net slash discord uh you can participate just like it will run in your browser you don't have to install an app or anything to your desktop and like we're really chill the flow of conversation is very very easy to uh follow along with it's not you know just like scrolling by walls of text constantly 
uh, you know, we're a nice little close community. We would love to have you, so please come check us out. Um, we're on Twitter for as long as it lasts, at TF Radio. We're on Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, you definitely want to subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, just search for Radio Free Cybertron on YouTube. Um, we don't post placeholders for the live stream anymore, so if you want to be notified when we go live, uh, subscribe to us and try to hit the notification icon. Sometimes it works, sometimes YouTube decides that we're for kids and disables that, but uh, we try to fix that as soon as we can when we uh, notice that happened. We're not for kids. We're, we're PG-13. We say asshole, or I do. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, we could go like hard PG-13 and uh, you know, allow one F-bomb per show, but Brian doesn't like that. So, we'll just have to let that slide. That probably would be a good way to guess to be uh, not for kids, though. So, we probably should reconsider that. Mm. Uh, we're also available on your podcast aggregator of choice. Uh, so, you can find us anywhere, basically. Um, if you like what we're doing and you have an extra couple minutes, like, you know, stop and write us a polite letter, by which I mean uh, give us a good review on uh, your podcast service. Um, that generally helps out with our visibility, gets more people to uh, find the show. Uh, doesn't you know cost you anything but a little bit of time. So if you can do that, please by all means. Um, you know this is normally the point in the show where I would say John Deluna is not here with us, but he actually is this week. So John, how do we find you on the internet? Oh, you can find me at that John D everywhere. Short and sweet. Okay. Um, Rob Springer is also not with us on a regular basis and hasn't been for like ten years, I think. Uh, but. As always, Rob's a part of the family. Um, you can find him at RoboRobSpringer on Twitter or ZoneBase.org. Uh, he's also got his podcast, uh, Transform Squadron, a new episode of that just went up recently. So be sure to check out all the interesting stuff Rob's doing. Again, Brian Kilby was not with us this uh, episode because he was celebrating his anniversary. Um, you can find the things he does at BrianKilby.com. Sometimes he's on Twitter at bkilby, but I can't guarantee when um, or for how much longer because uh, like Twitter is doing everything it can to kind of self-destruct this week. So we uh, we're kind of tentative on what the future of that is even going to be at this point. I think um, I think me and Rob have basically abandoned Twitter altogether at this point because they finally shut down uh, the original form of TweetDeck, and the new TweetDeck is going to be paywalled at the end of this month. So like. That's kind of the end of it for us, I think. Yeah, I, I'm just kind of lingering, waiting to hear back on a couple of people uh, for, you know, things where it's harder to, uh, you know, get to me otherwise. And then after that, I'm just probably just going to close my account because just mm-hmm. I, I've hit my limit as to what I will put up with. And yeah. it took me longer than it should have. Yeah, same. Well, on that note, Rob, uh, where do we find you on the Internet? Um, At the moment, I do also uh, come visit tfradio.net uh, slash discord. I, you know, post sporadically, but I am there. Um, you can find me on YouTube at Playthroughs, which is my uh, gaming channel, mostly Gundam games. Currently, Gundam Battle Operation 2, available on PlayStation Network and Steam. And uh, this last week was the uh, uh, Fukuoka New Gundam in the PSN version, <laughs> which... As I mentioned before, it has a gigantic uh, fin funnel weapon, which is technically actually the stand for the statue, <laughs> which, you know, very creative, also yeah. funny. Um, no idea what's coming this week, but every uh, every Thursday uh, morning at about uh, 1 a.m. Eastern is when they uh, update. So 
check out my channel Thursday mornings to see what's been added to the game. And uh, beyond that, I got a Patreon if you want to support what I'm doing over there, patreon.com slash flailthroughs. And if you'd rather just uh, throw stuff at me, tfradio.net slash claylist. I just found out that all of the Jeremy Brett Sherlock Holmes series is available on Blu-ray, so I just added that to my wish list because that is the absolutely definitive version of Sherlock Holmes, and everybody should watch it. Is that the thing that several years ago you asked me to try to capture audio from for the original Toy Detective segment? It is indeed, and I, okay. fi- I finally did find the, uh, the actual uh, track uh, from that. Apparently somebody did uh, put the soundtrack on YouTube eventually, and I was able to get a clean version. So. Oh, nice. But yeah, like excellent series. Um, it's I'll keep it short. But Jeremy Brett actually brought the the actual books to the set to make sure that they followed the the real original stories. Ah, one of uh, those people. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. So definitely worth a watch if, if if that is your kind of thing. Really, really excellent show. Um, did you slash do you want to plug your uh, replacement social media presence? Nah. Okay. That's very valid. Don, how about you? Uh, I can be found on Twitter right now at HMRC, the number four EVR. I will have to look at alternatives, even though I'm very confused by Discord really confuses me. I I can do our chat, but the layers of Discord is extremely confusing to me. So Mm -hmm. you can reach me on Discord. Uh, Where else I may land up? I do not want to go back to Facebook at all. Uh, So I will post in some fashion, whenever I find some place that I can understand, because uh, I am not the most tech savvy person. Oh, I know, shock. <laughs> um, I also have an Amazon wish list, tfradio.net slash Don List. Yay, you got it. <laughs> yes, I've been practicing. Uh, I've, I've curated it a little bit, taken a few things off that uh, my wife added, wanted add, Brian to add to it, and I've removed them, uh, as we mentioned last <laughs> week. Um, <laughs> So I uh, like that shirt, Don. I think that will look good on you. No. Mm, <laughs> no. No, no, no. I have I still have those Darmok and Jalad tour shirts up, I believe, if they're still available. So I like those. Um and that's that's about it. Diecast? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Diecast2. You can like my Facebook page at reviews by Diecast. You can see my reviews at tfradio.net slash reviews or youtube.com slash RFC reviews. It's also my birthday this month. So if you want to send anything my way uh, or you just want to be nice or anything, uh, tfradio.net slash diecast list. And I'll be on Twitter till Twitter don't work no more. So next week, maybe, (laughs) maybe. Um, you can find me mostly in our Discord. It's my favorite place to interact with our listeners, especially, and just to talk about Transformers and stuff in general. Um, I do have a presence on uh, the Mastodon service. Uh, look, just search for uh, at ChrisRTXV. If I understand how Mastodon works correctly, you can find that through whatever specific iteration of Mastodon you use, and it should take you to the right account. I can't guarantee how active I'm going to be on that in the long term. At this point, I'm like trying to rebuild what I had on Twitter in terms of like people I follow and stuff to kind of get myself set back up. But, uh, you know, if that goes fine and nothing catches on fire with that, I will hopefully have some level of activity there. Um, 
Otherwise, you can find the things I do on the internet at playwithphotography.com. That includes toy galleries, articles I've written, things like that. Um, and I have an Amazon wish list of my own at tfradio.net slash chrislist if you would just like to do a random act of kindness at me. All right, I think that will do it for our show this week. Thank you all so much. Thank you guys for being here, and we'll see you all next week. Take care, everybody. See you, everybody. This has been Radio Free Cybertron. Visit us at tfradio.net for show notes and to subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at tfradio for news and updates. Watch our live stream at tfradio.net slash live. Join our Facebook fan page at facebook.com slash tfradio. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, TF Radio Network. Have a question or comment? Leave it on our Facebook fan page or mail it to contact at tfradio.net. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons license. Any part of this podcast can and should be redistributed, but please, proper attribution is required if you know what's good for you. Jeez, when are these guys ever going to move out of their parents' basements?